I'm not sure if college is for me. I don't see how my faith is relevant in today's society. The student debt is at an all-time high. Our generation is quickly losing its ability to think for itself. We exist in a post-Christian society. Most people feel lost, directionless. Things definitely aren't the way they used to be. The world's changed a lot. So is the world of higher education, or at least it needs to. Welcome to the Excel College Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Excel College Podcast. My name is Andrew Chambers. We have a new co-host with us today. Hello. Tammy, which you, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, as a guest from a previous episode. And just like Tom, I can't get the intro right. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. That's how we do here. Uh, and we have another special friend, Karen. Thank you. Go back. Um, she's joining us from Atlanta, Georgia-ish. Coming, Georgia. Close enough. Yeah. So she's up teaching this week, talking on Kingdom. My favorite thing. Yes. And Tammy and Karen actually know each other really well. They go way, way back. I mean, yeah, way-ish way back. Way. Yeah. So that's why we're having Tammy on today to co-host instead of Tom or Isaiah. We love those guys. They're still here. Don't worry. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> we didn't have a falling out as a show yet. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we got Tammy on and um, she's going to help uh, do the interview with Karen today. So do you want to introduce Karen a little bit? And just... Yeah. Um, so we met in 2017, August. I came to Karen's house as part of a leadership team to do some training and she is an excellent hostess and just made us feel at home. And the thing that I love about Karen is, well, one of many things. Um, the thing, the thing that we're going to talk about today that I love about Karen is her passion for kingdom. And she just talks about it all the time. She is famous for talking about kingdom in regards to chickens. Yes. Um, but somebody the other day called you the chicken lady because wow. you reference that's, chickens that's an honor. kingdom together. Um, she has chickens at her house. She There's did have chickens. Oh, your chickens died? No, I didn't. <laughs> Killed your chickens. Oh. Greener pastures. Yeah. How are we supposed to contemplate the chickens? We still can do that. Consider. Consider the chickens. Yes. Yeah. Right. But yes, we love Karen. We've done a few years of life together now mm -hmm. and are now friends which officially is pretty cool you yeah. guys are friends we had a dtr yeah. <laughs> you had a dtr no no it's defining the relationship yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> i am not a acronym fan we did it because i have to look them up friends. all the time yeah. i'm constantly googling new acronyms yeah there's a lot do you know what totes lit means no <laughs> i don't either but <laughs> but he says it all the time i do i do I try to like use Gen Z terms. It never works. No, it never yeah. does. I have learned that with yeah. generations because I'm a baby boomer is yeah. you never try to fit in. Yeah. Stick in your generation. Don't try to attain. So I say sick and no. cool. Yeah, dope. Don't do you that anymore. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's Karen. So what we like to do on the podcast, as you know, is we often interview students because we, well, essentially what we're doing with the podcast, we're taking people alongside the student journey, which is two and a half years, right, for the bachelor program. Um, but something we've informed people of is that we have awesome guests like yourself come in every couple of weeks or so just to impart wisdom, especially during Bible, also during all teams. So what we like to do is just interview on the topic that we're, that you're coming to okay, teach good. and impart. I like that. Which in this case is kingdom. Yes. God's kingdom. Yes. Not our kingdom. Right. Yes. So do you want to share a little bit about what you're talking about this week? 
I do, I do. Um, back in 1995, my mother died, and I, it was the first person I'd really lost that I loved very deeply. And I was having all those questions that people have about why did she have to suffer? Why did she have to die? We prayed so hard, mm -hmm. those kind of things. And so I picked up her Bible, which was the J.B. Phillips New Testament, and I just started reading at the beginning. Matthew, I'd read the Bible many times, but I was and specifically Jesus. going... No, Genesis, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, it was a New Testament, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've read a little bit of the Old Testament, yeah. Most the of other Bible readers know that the Bible starts with your Right, <laughs> okay. I me and Karen have this thing. thing. We've been going at we each do. other all day. Sorry. Yeah. She's been going at me all day, actually. I, I have, and I've... <laughs> so anyway, I, so I started reading the New Testament, and this word, kingdom, just kept appearing, and... I got to Matthew 6, 33, and it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I started back over because all of a sudden I realized kingdom was everywhere, so I started highlighting it, but God changed the discussion. Mm. I wanted answers, but he changed everything mm. and gave me an eternal view that I did not have mm. because life is a vapor. And that was one of the first truths that I had had in my head that dropped to my heart. And so I just started saying, how can I seek the kingdom first if I don't know how to define it? Mm. And I don't know how to define it. Mm. And so that began my journey of learning to, of asking God to give me a personal definition of kingdom so that I could find it. Mm. And my goal, I don't say this out loud too many times, but my goal is to affect this generation to start seeking the kingdom first because our generation has failed to do that. Huh. Okay. So... What was your what personal definition of kingdom did you come to? Okay, this and it's, it is morphing still. Even though I've written a book, the definition is still morphing. But when you seek What's God, your book my yeah. book call is called Start Small. It's a very small book, and you'll have to ask me why the title in a minute because I'll forget to tell okay, you. Okay. And the title is <laughs> important for a purpose and a reason. But um, see, now I've lost my train of thought. Kingdom. What's your personal definition of kingdom? My personal definition is when you seek God in the form of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when you seek the way he does things, and when you seek my role, your role in it, then you're seeking after kingdom. So, for instance, I love God. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, that I may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So when I'm seeking him, which is, he is eternal life. So the relationship with him, how he works, how he interacts, how he reveals himself to me, um, then I am seeking the kingdom. But God also does things in a way counter to the world. I used to say that God's kingdom is upside down to the world. But in truth, the world is upside down to God's kingdom because God's kingdom is the only thing that lasts. Mm. It's the only thing that um, cannot be shaken. Mm. And God promises that he's going to shake up everything. And the only thing that will be left is his kingdom. So God's ways are in the world's kingdom. It's like, it's all about me and it's promoting myself and making my name bigger and me being successful in my own eyes or in somebody else's eyes. But in God's kingdom, it's about the least, the least person mm. looking for that person, the lowest position in the last place. It's like totally backwards of, making it all about me, but it's about making it about others. I had a girl ask me, I've had several people ask me this. They said, what is the best way for me to be a leader? And I'll say, to serve. Mm 
because that's how Jesus modeled mm. it, but also that's the way it works in his kingdom. Mm. You're looking for people's feet to wash, mm. and you're mm. looking for the back seat, and you are looking to put on your hairnet and <laughs> scrape trays rather than grab a microphone. Mm. So that's the kingdom. So when you're seeking the way God does things in your everyday life, you're seeking the kingdom. And then when you're seeking the role that he has for you, wherever your feet are, you're seeking the kingdom. So for instance, if um, if you look at Proverbs 16, 9, it says man, plant, man plants his course, but God orders his steps. So I can plan my whole life, but my feet are exactly where God wants them to be. And if my feet are there, he has a purpose and a reason. And if I am just in the grocery store with a grocery cart, he has me there for a purpose and a reason. If I'm driving, he has me there for a purpose and a reason. And if I start seeking, why do you have me here? Then I'm actually seeking the kingdom. And it gets pretty exciting. Yeah. And it just takes the mundane out, mundaneness out of life. And that is really just a thimbleful of what I've learned. Something you talk about a lot is like different kingdoms and like the kingdom and within a college or sorority or the kingdom of football. How can you talk about like kingdom of God transcending or permeating? Like when we live in all these secular kingdoms. Yes. What does it look like to yes. pull out the kingdom of God? Well, when we pray that prayer that, you know, his disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he said, okay, this is how you pray. You first acknowledge God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And just that part of that prayer is so powerful because you're asking him to come into your kingdom. And we are all involved in kingdoms all day, every day. You know, when I go to a grocery store, there's a way they do things in a grocery store. And I'm part of that kingdom there. I'm just a participant that enters in and leaves that kingdom of the grocery store. When I go into Chick-fil-A, they have a way they do things and I enter that kingdom and I enjoy aspects of that kingdom. When I, I used to play basketball, believe it or not. Mm. And when I was on a basketball team, they, sports teams do things a certain way. And then you, gosh, there's so many kingdoms that we go in and out of every day. Some call it cultures, like cultures. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's called cultures, but uh -huh. in reality, they're mm. kingdoms. So when we're saying your kingdom come, uh -huh. we're asking his kingdom, God himself, the uh -huh. way he does things, and then to discover a role in that kingdom. So wherever we are, we can say your kingdom come. And then it's an exciting part to see whether that happens immediately, slowly, and are we willing mm. to go with him as mm. he is answering that prayer. Mm -hmm. So it's not our job to bring it. No, it's not our job to bring the kingdom. His kingdom will come. <laughs> he says, when Jesus came on the scene, he said, the kingdom is here. So the kingdom is already here. It's just, our, you know, these different cultures, huh. Um, are they realizing the kingdom way of life? So we're asking his kingdom to come to be realized in that way of life. We don't bring it. Would you say it's just our job to ask for it then? To invite it? To invite it. Okay. Yeah. And also when we walk into a room, in essence, because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the kingdom resides within us. So in a sense, when we walk in the room, the kingdom is there. But he is the one that... Brings the kingdom. <laughs> okay, so like he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is among you, mm -hmm. or is in your midst. So are you, okay, let's say we have, you have a family culture, mm -hmm. you have a company culture, mm -hmm. you have an organizational culture, your football team, you have a culture. Yes. So are you in essence talking about like kingdom permeating that culture, like yeast and dough? 
Yes. Mustard seed and... Yes, perfect. Hmm. So the culture, in some sense, can like maintain its uniqueness? Definitely. What makes it about it? It doesn't become religious. Right. Yeah, it's not about it becoming religious. I had a dear friend who said that he thought that's what it was like, Mm. like it becoming like a big church. And it's like, "Mm, no, Mm. no. It it maintains its identity, and yet the way Mm -hmm. things happen are totally different. Right. So essentially what we're praying is like, for your kingdom way of life to permeate my culture yes. and my way of life. Yes. I like that. It's pretty exciting, especially yeah. when it starts taking place. Yeah. When you start praying that in a family. And we like, really don't know the ramifications of all of it. Because mm-hmm. even in our minds, we may think it looks like that. But one of the first things I've found is that God will shake things up. Yeah. Anything not of his of his kingdom will be uh-huh. shaken, and when that thing starts shaking, and it, you know, even churches, religious institutions, uh-huh. organizations, we think that they are set aside because they're the kingdom. But there's so many religious organizations that do not function the way God's kingdom does. Right. Where you are taking the humble seat, where you are deferring to somewhere else, where you are going the extra mile and turning mm-hmm. the other cheek and lifting up other people. Yeah. Um, when you said shaking, I thought of a word God told me last year, gave me, was sifting when all the things were happening with COVID. And that, when you said shaking, that's what I thought of. Mm-hmm. And just how like re- religion, Christianity, whatever you want to call it, in America, I feel like churches were so shaken. Yeah. You couldn't go to church and your faith had to become your own instead of riding on the coattails of a pastor or Sunday school teacher or whatever. Do you, can you think of any things regarding that space of where you saw it. Does that resonate with you? I saw so many people being shaken, but I also saw a lot of nominal believers. I had a lot of nominal believers reaching out to me and saying, I don't know what to do. Hmm. And it was exciting for me to just try to give simple answers about seeking the kingdom first mm-hmm. and what that looked like day in and day out and for it not to be about them. Yeah. Um, and to reach out to other people on a daily basis. You know, when you have something that you want other people to do for you, God says to turn that around and do the same thing for them, you know? And so that's basically the advice that I was giving them. You know, what's your biggest need right now? I feel so lonely and isolated. Mm -hmm. Ask God who you know in your sphere who is lonely and isolated Mm -hmm. and reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, as I've started seeking the kingdom first, one of the main things that God has done in me is almost every day I wake up and I say, Lord, who's on your heart? Mm. And he will show me. He will give me a name or make me think of somebody I haven't thought about in a long time. And then I'll say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. And he will show me. Mm. And normally it's something tangible. Sometimes as simple as pray for them. And mm. then he'll. Ha- I've noticed the pattern that he will have me pray for them several days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has definitely taken my focus off of me. Mm. And I know when I had COVID in August, my attention got back on me a lot Mm. more than I wanted it to. And, you know, getting to a point where you start to just look at yourself and everything starts caving in. And Mm -hmm. I was able to really experience that feeling of isolation and, you know, even self-pity and all Mm -hmm. that. And But God, in all his goodness, was able to just gently turn that back around and have me focus on him. Mm-hmm. And when I am focused on him, then he gives me the grace to focus on other people mm-hmm. because it really just becomes, um, 
humanism if I just focus on other people. Hmm. But if I am hmm. in touch with my creator and he is yeah. having me focus on other people, then it's not just about creating a really fun, good, healthy culture. Yeah. It's about having him as the center of it, our creator, yeah. who is so fun and so beautiful and every day is new and every day, mm. even in the most mundane and simplistic of days, he makes it exciting. And because some there's some days I never encounter a person, yeah. but every day I have him. And to enjoy the God that I created is like the best thing ever. But it's so easy for it to just crater you know, God will shake it up and he'll make it, make sure that I focus back on him, totally. which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. I love just with you, like using that kind of analogy, we talk a lot here about um, being image bearers. And so like God making us in his image, but as you mold him, you're transformed. Yes. And so like, as we look at him, we become more like him. And then there's this like out overflow yes. that like pours out to other people. But I've never heard it put in the sense of if you are just looking at other people, and you're just trying to, it's kind of a humanism mm -hmm. type thing. Like, I'm just trying to serve out of like what I have instead of like acknowledging him, being, becoming one with him and letting like my overflow pour out. I love that. Hmm. It's true. It's life. Yeah. That's what life is. Yeah. His life pouring through me to other people. I will get burned out if I try to minister yeah. in my flesh. And then it does become about me. It becomes about my, you know, is it convenient for me? Or do I have the resources? Mm -hmm. But if he's asking me to do something whether it's drive somewhere and take somebody out to eat or send somebody money or, mm -hmm. you know, bake somebody it's something resource, for somebody. Right? It's, it's his right. resources. Wow. That's awesome. Will you, as a tangible example of seeking kingdom, will you tell the pie story? Oh, the pie story. Yeah. One day I woke up and I said, Lord, who's on your heart? He said, Tim, being my husband. And I went, oh, well, what do you want oh. me to do for him? <laughs> And he said, I want you to make him a pie. Dang. And I thought, wow. What? Sure Tim wasn't in the... <laughs> Karen. I know. <laughs> yes, God, you've never sounded that way before. <laughs> I want you to make Tim a pie. <laughs> so I did. I had a lot of things to do that day. But I know when it comes to obeying the Spirit of God, that that becomes the, maybe not the first thing you do, but it becomes the priority of what yeah. you're going to do. And oh. so I thought, I'm going to do that first. So... Tim walks through the kitchen and goes, what are you doing? And I said, God told me to make you a pie. And he said, good day. And, <laughs> and so yes. I finished the pie early and we got all this, you know, I got all my stuff done. And at the end of the day, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and he said, Karen, do you know what the most important thing is that you've done today? And I said, what? He said, making Tim a pie, because that's what I ask you to do. Yeah. And God has totally rocked him and I's definition of success because mm -hmm. true success is obeying God today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. So it's such a simple example, but yeah. it also is a picture of if the kingdom is not coming in our own home, mm. I mean, if we're not praying that his kingdom come yeah. and boy, he'll shake up our own homes for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, that is the most fun to see when it's coming in your own home. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Charity, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Make me a pie. <laughs> Make Andrew a pie. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's <laughs> too late. <laughs> no, it's too late. <laughs> I don't think she listens to this. May your kingdom uh, come. <laughs>
But this will be charity. This will be our test to see if you listen to a podcast or not. Oh, <laughs> like you yeah. come home to a pie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get a slap in the back of the head. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so I love talking about. Okay, it's gonna come personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you wrote a book called Start Small. Yes. It's got a water bottle in the front of it. Yes, it does. Why start small, and why is that about many people? Well. In Matthew 10, I was reading about Jesus sitting his disciples' town, and he said, okay, it's time for y'all. You're going to go heal the sick, raise the dead, give sight to the blind, heal the leopard. And I I love to, like, see. If I hear something, I see pictures all the time, and I can just see the disciples going, oh, gosh. It's, if we're fine with following you around and watching you do all this cool stuff. And we're like your biggest fans, but now you're asking us to do it. And in Matthew 10, 42, out of the message translation, Jesus wraps up this whole very detailed um, opportunity that he's giving them. And he says, hey, y'all, this is a large work I've called you to, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. For instance, hmm. giving a cup of cool water uh, in my name makes you a true apprentice. Uh, you won't miss out on a thing. And that, when I read that, I thought, I can do that. Huh. I, you know, yeah. I want to see people yeah. healed. And God yeah. has used me to pray over people and see them healed. Hmm. But it's a scary thing. Yeah. But how do you you're get stepping out a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you get to that point where you're bold enough to even yeah. pray for somebody's healing? Yeah. But Jesus is basically saying here, giving a cup of cool water in my, yeah. in my name makes you an apprentice of the I kingdom. Yeah. And so it's attainable. And then if you're just saying we had a squad that we were coaching mm-hmm. and we would um, give them water and say, okay, ask God who to give it to. Nice. And they were petrified. But it was so fun to watch them as they would just, you know, look at this thing. And they, we had stories come back later and they said, we just wanted to run. We were like, yeah. oh God, make me sick so I don't have to do this. Because <laughs> that one thing. So they walked along and were just praying. And I remember my squad in Uganda were doing this and they said, it was hot out there. And there, you know, so many people to give it to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes God would say no. Or someone, God yeah. would say, I will show you. And they, yeah. they said it was the... They didn't realize they could hear the Holy Spirit that clearly. Wow. Yeah. But they became a true apprentice that day, that. and that's the beginning that. of yeah. seeking the kingdom yeah. for them. Yeah. It's like you have to be obedient in the small things. You have to. Yeah. You have to. So Jesus has this parable about, not this parable, um, he came down from the mountain, transfiguration. Yeah. Disciples were trying to cast out a demon from this kid. And they're like, why couldn't we get the, or the dad's like, hey, I tried to ask your disciples, like, why can't, like, they can't get this demon out. Why? Yeah. And Jesus, like, cast the demon out, and they're like, why couldn't we do it? He said, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. So for like a long time, I've, I've like, what? Why does that one only come out by prayer and fasting? But I actually think I had this like revelation a couple weeks ago where the prayer and fasting actually gets you to a place of like surrender and obedience to where you have the authority to be able to do that. But I think the same thing with the like starting small with the water bottle. It's like when you can be obedient in small things over and over and over again. Yeah. And like, oh, God, it's going to do big things. You can actually like... You actually have the faith to be able to do it. Yes. And not like Bill Johnson has this quote where he's like, faith is not the product of striving, but the product of surrender. And so I think if you like surrender and like say yes to him over and over and over again, then your faith actually grows in this kind of paradoxical way. Well, so. we, I've heard so many people say it's so hard to trust God. Uh-huh. But if you flip that around and think about the truth that God is giving us an opportunity 
for him to trust us. Yeah. You know, and that would be the biggest honor in the world yeah. is for yeah. I have been faithful day in and day out. And now he trusts me to do the bigger things, yeah. you know, and yet there are so many times I'm not faithful, but he gives me another chance every day. It's not like all the chances pile up and, you know, you screwed up 10 times, Karen, but now you're obedient. So good for you. No, he's like, he wants us to trust him. But yes, he also wants to trust us with these beautiful people that he's created. And I know there's sometimes that I meet people in the Lord will whisper in my ear and say, Karen, I trust you with her. Mm. You know, this really cool person I met at the mall. And he says, I, I trust you with her. And that is the biggest honor yeah. in the world. You're saying that that is a product of you trusting him and that builds trust. Yes. The other way. Well, Yes. Yes. He wants us to trust him. Yeah. No, I mean, he wants, that's the theme mm. through scripture is yeah. us, you know, he, he desires us to trust him. Is he mm. trustworthy? Yes. But am I trustworthy? Uh -huh. Can he trust me with the things that are most valuable to right. him, which are his people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the planet. And the planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, that's been a paradigm shift for a lot of people this year. We've talked about just like what the narrative of scripture is actually about. And like he's actually given us authority and power to rule and reign on his behalf and walk according to his ways but really actually represent him to the world so you're talking about like trusting him or him trusting us and it's like what more kind of trust can he give us than be like you represent me to the world which is what Paul's like uh, creation growing wings and sons of God to be beings yes and it's like it's because he's trusted us to reign on his behalf which is a big responsibility. And so when we don't do it well. Okay, think about this. Go, think yeah. about this one. Okay, what's one of the first things God told man to do when he created him? Create and cultivate and fruitful and multiply. Yes. Yes. And he also said, mm -hmm. subdue the earth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so subdue the earth means to rule it. Rule it. Uh -huh. But it also means to take advantage of what's there. Figure out all the hidden secrets I have there. Huh. And so, like, I love to tell the story of George Washington Carver, you know, who had the peanut. Oh, yeah. And um, he would sit on his front porch every day. And he'd get up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. And one day he prayed, and this is George Carver, Washington, uh -huh. his, his own words. He says, um, Lord, show me the secrets of the universe. And he, says, and he said he heard God's spirit speak back to him and says, you are but a small man, so I will give you a small task. I will show you the secrets of the peanut. <laughs> and so that's when he's the one that founded hundreds cool. of things yeah. to do with the peanut. Yeah. But I talked to um, somebody that's very dear and near to my heart, and he believes that each person uh -huh. has the ability huh. to subdue one thing on this earth. Whoa, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Like and that. so that's cool. I've asked God to help me subdue something. Ah, what do yeah. you do? Chickens? Um, gosh, I don't even know whether I should say it out loud. Should she? Yeah, she should. Should I? Okay, I've prayed that God would allow me to help subdue tinnitus because tinnitus, over 15 million people in the United States alone have tinnitus, and it is that ringing in your ear, and there's no uh, cure for it. They're very unsure of what causes it. Yes, loud noises can, but sometimes. So huh. I have asked the Lord to help me to do it because so many people are miserable from it. Interesting. I know. You can edit that out. No, we can edit that And yeah, and you have tinnitus? I do severely. And okay. it has um, 
you know, I don't want to do a big promo on tinnitus, but it is, uh, some people are actually suicidal from it. Wow. I'm on a Facebook it's page. Constantly. It's wow. a constant high pitch ringing. Wow. Some people it's a roar. For me, it's a high pitch ringing. Some, and I have it on five levels. So it's 24 seven. I hear it all the time. And sometimes I will literally start crying because I miss silence so much. Oh my goodness. That one verse that says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And there was a time when I was able to go be still and I could hear total silence and wow. I never hear silence wow. anymore. And so I've asked the Lord and um, that if he would during my lifetime allow me to huh. find a, uh, a way to subdue wow. tinnitus. Yeah. So... But I believe that every person has that ability. Wow. If he created us, yeah. he wants to show us these secrets. And he says, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. And to me, is this ama the amazing possibility of every single person can do that. Yeah. You know, if you think of that one beautiful picture of George Washington Carver just rocking on his chair saying, Lord, what are we going to do with the peanut? I'm today? totally with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I even think like... I had that, so, you know, we lost our daughter earlier this year, yes. trisomy 13, and currently, they when you get trisomy 13, they say it's incompatible with life, or they say, like, it's something that's a genetic disease, incurable. Well, I mean, literally, my thought during all that time is, like, that won't be the case 30 years from now. Wow. Because, like, how many cancers have there been that... Right. 20 years ago had a 99% kill rate, now they have, like, a 1% kill rate. Right. Because St. Jude and other... Somebody and so, subdued it. Exactly. And so you right. think it, you look at stuff and you're like, okay, well, that's not very spiritual because there's this organization that's not Christian that's doing it. And you're like, they're actually doing part of the human call from the Lord right. to subdue it, whether they know it or not. There's a verse in the Psalms that says, all things serve him. Yeah. So mm -hmm. basically that means that all things serve him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to think about, I, I'm literally going to think about like, hmm. Have you gotten any like clues on your antinitis? Yes. What are they? Can you tell us? Oh like gosh. It's too private. You don't have to know. It's not private. It's just, it's, and it doesn't even sound wacky. Let me just say, let me, I'll just say this much. That I explained my theory to my ENT doctor. And the reason I picked my ENT doctor is because he's a researcher. Yeah, there's the book. Ear, nose, and throat doctor. Okay. And when I told him my theory, he said, you may have something there. Whoa. And I said, I'm willing to be a guinea pig. And he said, let's do it. So, really? Are you going to do it? Yo, yeah. Okay. But it's a long-term thing, a three okay. to five year. Are you already doing it? Um, I have an appointment to do it. Really? To start doing this. Can we agree with you that the Lord's going to give you insight and wisdom on that? You, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's... Um, yeah, it, it, I explained my whole little theory to him, which had taken at least a year for me just to, we've done food elimination mm -hmm. of all things. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk yeah. about the bigger kingdom. That's just a yeah. tea tiny little thing. No, this is part of the little kingdom. That's oh. not the big kingdom. Well, I mean, you know, to me, if we can inspire somebody to go, yeah. to pray that one prayer, God, I want to subdue something. Yes, I love you that. Know, I think like awesome. one day I yeah. asked the Lord, it was so loud, and I said, Lord, would you please, please heal me. And I don't like begging God, but I was begging God. And he said, would you rather me heal you right now? It was so clear in my spirit. Would you rather heal me right now or wait 
until you can help other people with wow. an answer. And I went, wow. oh, I'd rather wait. Dang, good for you. Well, no, not good for me. That's God. I Did mean, you answer that immediately? Immediately. Yeah. Wow. Yes. There's some prayers I haven't, I mean, there's some questions he's asked me that I haven't answered that quickly, but that one yeah. was, yes, I, I, I love people so much. Yeah. And to, for him to be glorified in that yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah. I'm all over that, yeah. you know, but this planet <laughs> is so big and so vast and so beautiful and has so many secrets and God's heart yeah. is to reveal those secrets to us. And that's just a tiny, tiny, yeah. tiny aspect of his kingdom. Right. And yet he's saying, let's have fun. Wow. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I love that. That's awesome. I mean, even here, just on the subduing thing, it's ownership. Yeah, exactly. That's what we talk to our guys about all the time or guys and girls, like our students about all the time. It's like, we're not just going to say, like, stop doing this or, hey, live healthy. It's like, okay, what are you taking ownership of your life? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you taking ownership of? Mm-hmm. Like, am I taking ownership of making my bed in here? You know? Or just little things like that. I love that, though. It's good. It's yeah. yeah. Well, it's like how many people have things that plague them that they need to take ownership of yeah. and wrestle out and figure out. Yeah. Well, we're so used to, and I, I think this has been modeled for us, praying God didn't answer the prayer how we thought he would. We give up. Yeah. And then we accept this perception of what a relationship with God would look like yeah. instead of saying, okay, God, is there a longer answer to this? I mean, is there is there a pathway that we need to go through? And the answer to that is always yes. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm learning more and more right now about taking that path, about not just accepting. It's not like, God, give me this. Yeah. He's a good, good father. Yeah. He loves to give good gifts, of course. Right. And we ask him for things. It may be somebody's salvation or it may be an answer to an ailment or whatever it is, but he has an answer. Just uh-huh. like with me asking God for answers about my mom, he changed the dialogue right. and gave me a picture of eternity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the answer was there, but it was a much bigger answer than right. I asked for. And it took a longer... And you took a journey to get there. Yes, yes. yes. So and the discovery. In the yes, yeah. in the process and in the discovery. Yeah. I mean, um, as Isaiah says that you, you will find treasures in the darkness. Mm. And there are treasures in the darkness. But we tend to just stop before we even get to the dark because, well, he didn't answer my prayer, right. so it's God doesn't stop. love me. Right. Right. Rather mm-hmm. than going... Oh, there's so much excitement yeah. in yeah. this. Yeah. I just, I, I love kingdom so much. And I love that God invites us in it. And I love that he says, seek it first. And there's mm-hmm. so many ways to seek the kingdom. Yeah. And that's what my book is about. It's just the ways. And the more dicey parts about seeking the kingdom, like finding the kingdom in secular music or towards the end uh-huh. of the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it uh-huh. may offend the religious a little bit. Which it has, but that's okay. But um, it's a, it also opens doors to being able to watch TV or mm-hmm. listen to music or read books and find the kingdom mm-hmm. in ways that you never thought possible. And it's, it's such a journey. I had one of your students come up to me yesterday and say, you've got to listen to this Coldplay song. I found the oh, kingdom nice. in it. And he was nice. so excited. Yes. So. Can I ask one last question? Um, you said that your heart is for to see the younger generation seeking the kingdom. Yes. How are you seeing them grasp that concept? Like, are they going after it? Or they yes, going? they are. Just from the little pieces, parts I hear. 
And the Lord told me a long time ago to never depend on people's response for what he tells me to see. Oh, so man, I, that's so, real. <laughs> so, so I'll say things and I don't expect response back. But when right. I get response and I hear that someone's seeking the kingdom, it's gold. It's only, yeah. And, but they are seeking it in, you know, like even the consideration exercise that mm -hmm. we do here. Um, and they are telling me that they're considering things and finding the kingdom in everyday little mundane things, it thrills my soul because it becomes, yes, it can be a corporate adventure, but when if you learn to do this individually, then it affects the corporate and it's a beautiful thing. And it's so attainable for anybody, a child, unless you become like a child, you're not fit to enter the kingdom. Mm. And so a child can do these things. God does could not make this easier for us mm. and yet we complicate it. Mm. So I, my heart is always to make things so simple that mm. a child can understand it. it. So yes, I do hear feedback and yes, it is exciting because it's a big goal to want to affect a generation to seek the kingdom first, but it's not on my shoulders to do it. It's his, it's yeah. his job. I just have to be faithful to plant the seed where he gives me opportunity. So thank you for giving me the opportunity today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Excel College Podcast. We loved having Karen on, and I'm actually thinking a lot about that question of what are you called to subdue? And so I'd love to get some feedback on that and just hear from you guys, what are you called to subdue? And uh, yeah, so if you are listening to us or joining us on YouTube, you can leave that in the comments. Or as always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, it's, when this podcast is getting released, it's going to be close to the holidays, Thanksgiving. So wanted to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And we're going to be finishing off our launch semester soon. So we have a couple more student interviews up. And then we'll be taking a break over Christmas time. But super excited to see you guys next semester and we'll wrap up with one of our students that did speech this past week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, can't wait to listen to it. You're definitely going to want to join us for that. But just again, we want to give Karen Dilbeck a shout out. And if you want to buy her book, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Start Small by Karen Dilbeck. Uh, definitely worth the read. I read it as a devotional actually um, a couple months ago. So uh, love you guys and hope to see you soon. Thanks.